Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. It is good to meet where there is strength in the gathering this morning. Amen? Amen. We get to meet and gather. Please remember that there is strength when the church comes together. Uh, I know it's um, not exactly how um, we desire, perhaps, but we're here and we are grateful to meet together. Um, let's just get to the business of getting our focus on God this morning. We know that uh, the world, I would even say evil or the devil, has a way of sneaky scheming and getting us distracted and off of, of the important things of life. You've chosen the important thing, things of life today to be here. So we're going to open his word in just a minute, just a moment. Andrew and, and Caitlin will lead us in, in song. Um, feel free to stay right where you are. It's going to be impossible to, to try to corporately do this with, with the, the restrictions that you have. So um, you, you sing along where you are. Uh, you don't have to stand up or anything like that. And, and we're just going to get our minds fixed on him this morning. And then I got some great news to share with the church as well. So uh, Andrew, won't you lead us this morning? All right, good morning, church. I'm looking forward to uh, worshiping our Lord this morning where I can hear more than my voice. Um, there's nothing I'm more sick of than hearing my voice. So um, we're going to start off with how great is our God this morning because we serve a God who's bigger than any pandemic could ever be, any political election. Our God is truly great and worthy of our praise. And then the second and last song that we'll do today is an older one called God Leads Us Along. Um, maybe some of you will remember it's a hymn from, I remember way back when I was a kid, so... How great is our God. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God, an age to age he stands, and time is in his hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead, three in one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Great is our God. 
great is our God. Jesus is the name above all names. The name above all names. Worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. Yours is the name above all names. Worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God in shady so rich and so sweet God leads his dear children along Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet God leads his dear children along Some through the waters and some through the flood Some through the fire but all through the blood some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Sometimes on the mount where the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes in the valley in darkest of night, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters and some through the flood. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Away from the mire and away from the clay God leads his dear children along away up in glory eternity's day God leads his dear children along some through the waters and some through the flood 
Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with worship because you are a great God. And as your children, we recognize you are not only a great God, but you are a great Father. And you do lead us along through the various paths of life, some that we foresaw, some that we did not, including this time of COVID. God, but no matter what happens here on earth, God, one thing remains. You are God. You are our Father, and you lead us. And no matter where you lead us, you are there with us. We are thankful this morning, God, to be able to worship back in our building together, to hear each other's voices as we lift up your name. Be with Pastor Scott as he brings your word this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Well, it is good to meet together like this again today. I want to remind everybody, uh, whether you're here in attendance or out in the parking lot, Crosspoint FM is what we're calling that because we are officially on the FM dial. And then um, also Facebook Live. Pastor Rick has done well to uh, keep that rolling. So we have um, many ways to make sure that we are connected and, uh, again, giving our focus as unto him. Uh, somebody, Roger, Dan, you're right there. Get, what kind of car count we got out there? One car? So let's hear the horn. Let's see what we think. Should we do the horn test? Because there's a 10-second delay, isn't there? Yep. I got to wait 10 seconds to hear a horn. So, uh, but we have that available to you. And remember that. if um, Two things, and then we're getting back to the business of God, is uh, comfort level. You're responsible for your comfort level and each other's, but mainly yours. We, we've done all we can to make sure that you are here and, and listening, learning, feeding. We, did we get the horn? Okay. And, uh, and, and, and you're feeding on the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the presence of God. That is our agenda today. So um, let's get on to some, some good news, some good information. I wanted to share with you that over the um, last, what, about a good month, we had talked about Cross Point Baptist Church owning all the way through the pool endeavor of Kentucky Mountain Missions as it relates to Youth Haven. Uh, I've shared this information a lot um, of, of who they are and what, what we want to accomplish. The pool needed totally overhauled. Um, and they were, and, and just a reminder that I'm on board now at Kentucky Mountain Mission. And uh, believe it or not, I'm the young gun there. I'm the, young, I'm the youngest one. I'm the young gun. I got all this energy and, and all this, they say. Whew. But um, so uh, of the three major projects, the pool was the one that I said I, I signed us up for. We're going to see this project through. Why? And it's not, there is a money part of it, but that's not the primary reason why I signed us up. It's the spiritual part. It's the part where God accomplishes will through the prayers of his saints. It's the, it's the spiritual part of other people joining in. It's the spiritual part of, of KMN, the missionaries and the staff, watching this body of believers do something that only God can do. The, the, the projects are beyond our ability. Um, we're not put on this earth to be fundraisers. We're not put on this earth to be social clubs. As believers, why are we here? Get our focus right back to him. Have communion, have fellowship. And you can smile when you do that, believe it or not. That's the whole point 
of having a relationship with him. So uh, this is what I said, Cross Point Baptist Church. We, I, I'm going to lead us in doing this. We're going to see this endeavor front to back, all the way through. And what I mean by that is prayer. So we took that week. We prayed um, six of the nights through the week together on Facebook Live. And then um, <clears throat> uh, undergirding day by day, getting daily reports. The concrete is poured. Who's seen the pictures on Facebook? You've seen the pictures floating around. All right, so looks good. You can see the... Um, the, the, the stairs are poured, the, what is that called around it? That pavilion, not the deck, because the deck's another issue. <laughs> I'll talk about the deck in a second. But the concrete around the pool is poured. Um, they started tile work. Uh, there actually is a deck right adjacent to it that's going to have to be rebuilt. But that isn't, has to be, doesn't have to be done like by December 1st. Uh, we have a springtime to be able to build the deck because it's not, that much and it's just that's just wood but here's what I the good news that I wanted to share with you I said cross point Baptist Church we're going to pray through this thing spiritually intent intently not just one and done in a prayer this is something that that has to be faithfully and consistently prayed for we have and I hope you're continuing to and our our other objective our second objective is cross point Baptist Church to launch this to get it going to get it that jumpstart it needs we're going to commit to a thousand dollars they would need twelve thousand dollars to complete the project you may think that's cheap no the total project was upwards toward 50 and 60 they lacked the twelve thousand so i didn't sign us up for twelve thousand dollars but we committed to one thousand dollars as of tomorrow uh we'll have the harder number but as of tomorrow we will have three thousand four hundred and twenty five dollars toward the pool project so you cross point baptist church have exceeded our goal and then yesterday uh and a member contacted me and said they pastor i want to i just want to keep giving to this thing uh anonymously they said they would do a thousand up to a thousand dollar match in addition a, an additional thousand dollars so that would put us up to fifty four hundred dollars um uh, on the pool so uh, again, my job isn't to fundraise. My job, I'm not on this earth to manipulate you. Um, in fact, if you know my heart, you've heard me say over the decades, I'm not a money dude. Money doesn't motivate me. It doesn't. But um, this is a, uh, a, uh, a great incentive for us to give that little bit more to get this project done. And um, Dan Prem is actually going down this week so uh, to work a little bit. And he can uh, maybe give us a little bit more of an insight um, next week. Uh, but do get on their website and, and, and look things over. So uh, I'm excited about it. Aren't you grateful to see what God's already doing? You, have you been praying for it? Then get excited about when he delivers. Why do believers get shocked when God does what we ask him to do? Or when God answers a prayer? Or when God moves, we go, well, that's good. It's great. God, we have the ear of God, and that's exciting uh, for us to, to think on. So, uh, you know, if you're happy and you know it, say amen. Let's go. Let's get. I know it's hard to express that. Uh, if you're happy and you know it, your face will surely show it. Well, maybe not so much today, but uh, it is good to see at least one third of your face today. I want to also share that tonight we have been. And we met and met and met, and we want to make sure that we get our um, 
we are feeding our church family tonight. We are launching our Awana program once again. Much preparation, much planning. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but the time we've moved it to Sunday night. Um, four o'clock is when it starts. Workers, you need to be here at 3.30, but four o'clock to 5.15. Uh, it's going to look different. There's no other ministries going on tonight other than Awana. So we have our kids kind of separated by cell groups, if you will. Uh, Sparks, TNT, and Cubbies are three different parts of the, of the room. You may think, well, I see a problem with it. I see this problem, that problem. I don't care. We've thought about everything we can. This is our best effort, and we may need to adjust some things on the fly. But we have got to be faithful and consistent to feeding on the Word of God, especially our children. Especially our children. And again, comfort level is up to you. So um, tonight, again, at 5 o'clock, and that is for, um, again, for Awana only. There's no adult ministries that, uh, tonight. Um, Wednesday night, we'll continue on our, our family nights by way of Facebook. So turn with me in your Bibles uh, as we consider a topic today. Uh, in your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 3. This is going to be a, a kind of a catch can on Scripture. I don't. So be ready to turn. I will warn you, we're going to touch the book of Amos. So if you need to go to the index, now would be a good time to get, get, your, uh, get ready for that. I will uh, give Spencer a heads up. Amos 3.3 will be the next one that we're going to. But right now, I want you to consider and think about Romans chapter 3, verse 11. And the topic of today, I've had many, many, I've been waiting for this day. You wouldn't believe the, 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 the direction, the, the leading, the, the scripture, and, and all these different, uh, um, uh, the first time in the building, and what to preach on, what to teach on. And I want to remind you, you can continue to pray for your pastor. That's my personal feelings, my personal agenda is separate from the pulpit. This is not a personal platform for anybody to come up here and share their preference or their agenda. It's about God's agenda, and his is the only one that matters. So to help me get back to here is this, pursuing God. Let's talk about pursuing God this morning. Romans chapter 3 and verse 11 uh, Paul's writing, and he's kind of all have sinned is the, the big heading here of, um, of uh, the rest, or I should say the chapter, or the rest of the chapter. And I'm going to get a verse right out here in the middle of chapter 3, verse 11, and it reads, There is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. And that's a hard hearing if you will stop and think about it. You may think, well, you may take offense to that, actually, um, when you read that, you're like, well, I think, I think I pursue God. And, of course, Paul's quoting from the Old Testament here. You may think, well, I've, I've, yeah, I'm at church. I'm pursuing God. God does a work in our hearts. Mankind in and of themselves does not desire God. Does it, we don't. It takes, uh, so he says in verse 11, there is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. But I'm going to speak to you today as a believer. If you're a believer today, it's because God has done a work in your life. He initiated that work. 
You weren't smart enough. You weren't rich enough. You weren't talented enough. He initiated a work in your heart and you responded and you replied. And pursuing God from there takes two things. It takes heart and it takes work. Work. Work's one of those four-letter words we don't always like to utter too much, isn't it? Work. Nobody wants to work. We, sometimes we think the American dream is to do as little as you can and get the most money for it, right? That is, work is a good, healthy thing because it produces the results. Spiritual work, it takes heart and it takes work. So I'm going to share this morning four truths about pursuing God. They're simple. They're not earth-shattering. Um, they're just simple scriptures that get us thinking about pursuing Him and what it looks like. But listen, if you've waited until Sunday in the last six, eight months, if you waited until Sunday to decide to pursue God, you're behind. You're way behind. You cannot expect a Sunday to Sunday to leapfrog you into pursuing God, to knowing who He is. The mercies of the Lord are fresh, what? Every day. Every day we get to know Him. We can experience Him. So the first truth I want you to think about is this. He gives us a desire to be like Him. He gives us that desire to be like Him. I'll say this prayer sometimes in different meetings and people kind of look at me or I'll state it and they'll look at me kind of crazy because we all know we're supposed to pray with our eyes closed and our hands folded, right? No, you don't have to pray that way. That's not how you have to pray. By the way, you know why we do that? We do that in Bible Quest a lot because we want to teach her. We close our eyes and we kind of fold our hands to keep us from being distracted. To keep us from being distracted. That's why in the Bible you see people pray standing up, laying down, all different postures, not the issue. But sometimes I'll pray, watch this prayer. Lord, give us the desire to desire you. We don't even have, I don't even have that within myself, right? So I'm asking the Lord to get to want to want you is how I phrase it in my hillbilly talk. Lord, give me desire to want to want you and not just go through the work of it. But he does give us that desire, or he will. Look in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. We'll go to 1 Peter in a minute. Some other, probably Romans again, 1 Peter again. But look in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Amos is a minor prophet speaking to um, Israel at this point. He's speaking directly to Israel. And he, uh, Amos is speaking a word against Israel at this point. Don't always think when you hear the prophets of the Old Testament, like, man, they were rough on Israel. They're giving a message from the Lord, but also many times they were given words of encouragement. It's not always uh, doom and gloom. But in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, speaking to Israel, um, how he brought them up out of Egypt. And in just one line, he asked, or two lines, he asked a rhetorical question. And here it is. The prophet speaking to the nation, can two walk together unless they agree? Can two walk together unless they agree? So we use the illustration of um, a horse in a carriage. You've heard that illustration if you have two horses, right? You can't have a big uh, workhorse and a mule, right? They're, they're, it's two different. They do not agree. Um, in fact, when we had our fall fest the last couple of years, we had them big, what are them horses, Aaron? 
What are they called? Big black horses is what they're called. Uh, and man, they're monstrous, right? But they were in agreement, pulling at the same pace and the same direction. So that's the illustration. But he says, can two walk together unless they agree? A rhetorical question that starts the seriousness of God's actions toward Israel, unless they agree. God is saying what to Israel? Take on my righteousness, Israel, or you will have none. Are you with me? Or did you catch that? We, to pursue God, we have to understand what his righteousness is. And we have to take his righteousness on because there is no plan B. There is no plan B. You can go through the motions. You can go through the church motions. You can go through all these other motions of thinking you're taking on his righteousness. What is his righteousness? Well, it's found in Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection. What is the word righteous, though? If we can put it in the simplest definition, it's simply right living. You can't live right in and of yourself. You can't do it. We need his righteousness. And by the way, living right isn't mean not going 36 into 35. It's talking about living right in God's eyes. That's the living right that really matters here. So we have to take on God's righteousness. And he's speaking this to Israel. He's speaking to you as well. If we don't take on his righteousness, we will not be well-pleasing to him. So when we come together, it says, unless two agree, to put this in the New Testament covenant, we are agreeing that this is the word of God. This is what we agree on, okay? You ever notice, though, being around certain people, you begin to take on their traits, you begin to take on their habits? Um, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at, right? So I got pretty thick skin, I think. And uh, a year ago, we had our first golf outing, okay? I'm, I'm the hillbilly from Claremont County. I looked at these guys in these golf carts, their cute little outfits, matching stuff. And I laughed. I said, well, I made the comment that uh, I would rather watch paint dry than, than go hit a ball and then chase it and go hit it again. Right. Well, I noticed. So my son warned me then last year. He said, Dad, you're going to be playing in this next year, whether you know it or not. Ain't no way. Well, sure enough, I start looking at this game and the fun they were having. And so I decided to pick up this thing called a golf club. And uh, throughout the spring and, and playing around a little bit, guess where I was yesterday? On the golf course with my matching little outfit, hitting the ball, and then going and chasing it and hitting again. I took on the trait of the sport when just one year ago, what was I doing? Just poking fun at it, poking fun at it. We take on the traits of who we're around a lot of times. Be careful of that. You may think, oh, no, I don't want them bad things. Be careful that you don't take on the church trait either. What do I mean by that? What does that mean? Be careful that you don't just come and go, ooh, all the church people dress this way, I better dress that way. Ooh, all the church people talk that way, I better talk that way. When he says amen and a couple people amen, I better amen too. That, that's just taking on the trait, right? Don't take on the form and the function be careful that you're just, that, well, that's being a hypocrite. 
But just be careful. We want to be like him. We have to take on his righteousness. How do we do that? We come by faith and we accept fully, we accept fully the words and the works of Jesus Christ. By faith. And he, he, we emulate him as he takes up residence in our life. 1 Peter chapter 15 and 16. I'll have Spencer put that on the screen in 1 Peter. Um, again, this is quoting, Peter's quoting now the Old Testament as well. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. It's a great simple verse to memorize. And I'll tell you why. Because it's, it's a daily uh, work that, that, that you can be doing in your life. Look, look, look how it reads. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now, several times that word holy is used. Did you see that? I mean, boom, boom, boom. Well, that's a word we don't use every day. That's a church word, right? Um, well, we're going to define that in just a moment. But verse 15, it really kind of hurts. Because it says, going back to verse 15, watch how it reads. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in... What's that word? <laughs> Everything? In all my conduct? In, in all my conduct? I mean, yesterday I only saw one golf club go flying through the air. It wasn't mine. In all... All my conduct? You know what I found about life, whether it's work or sports or competition or what it is? It will reveal what's going on in your heart a lot of times. When your heart gets squeezed, what's going to come out is whatever's in it. It will, it will I think for a certain part of, of your life, you're developing these things help to shape your heart. But when your heart gets squeezed, what will come out is whatever is in it. And he says, in all your conduct, holy means you're separated from the world, but to God. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you be holy at work? I'm just trying to work. I'm, I'm not thinking about, you know, all these details about God. When you live in his presence, with him at the forefront of your heart and mind, you can do your job and still have his presence with you. That's the step toward living and being holy, separated from the world. And by the way, the closer you get to holiness the more you're going to see the sin, the more you're going to see the shortcomings of what this world has to... The more you're going to be uh, uh, sensitive to the conversations and the traps that may be around you as well. Well, verse 16 echoed that God is perfect. And that's where the word holy comes into play. Just a little bit more. So I'm going to give you the second truth, and we're going to define that word. Second truth to pursuing God, it reveals the truth about ourselves. It reveals the truth about ourselves. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Are you with me this morning? Isaiah chapter 6. 1 through 5. I love this portion of Scripture. It's got some intrigue in it. It has a uh, truth in it. And it has supernatural in it, all wrapped up in one. That's our God right there. It's like keeping one foot on the earthly plane and the other foot in the, in the heavenly plane. This portion does right here. Isaiah chapter 6, as we, and 1 through 5, as we consider how that 
the, the pursuing God will reveal the, reveal the truth about uh, ourselves. And it reads, In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and a train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood a seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And he cried, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. One foot here, in, if we'll think about it, is, is in the heavenly plane, but he brings it back down to the earthly plane. And you hear the first time this term in the Bible of a seraphim. Now, what is that? There's the supernatural part. A seraphim. Um, somebody argue with me whether this was a type of angel or not. We're going to call a seraphim a type of angel. And they cried three times, holy, holy, holy. By the way, in the Bible, when something is repeated three times, I should say in the Hebrew, when it's repeated three times, it signifies the highest level of importance. The highest level. Can't emphasize it anymore. They're out of words to describe the word holy when they repeat it three times. It's significance. But what's interesting to get back to the where we live on the earthly plane is that before God, what did Isaiah realize? This prophet, what, what did he realize as a supernatural thing was happening in his earth, in his, in his earth earthen vessel? He realized that he was what in verse 5? That he was undone. He was a sinner. See, the closer you get to God, the more you may realize your sin may be magnified in your life. You may think, oh, great. Then why would I want to get close to God? I'm trying to ignore my sin. I'm trying to get rid. I don't even want to look at it or address it. I don't want it unveiled, my sin. That's exactly what you want to do is have God point out your sin. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the remedy. Oh, you get to make it clean. You get to be clean once and for all. And you may think, but that's going to just, the sin's just going to come back. It's my besetting sin. We all have besetting sins, don't we? We have a propensity to a certain way of, of, of just going back to that one certain sin. But when we get closer to God, he points that out and we're able to have victory over them things. He was a man of unclean lips who had an unclean heart. By the way, if you have unclean lips, it didn't start and end right here. It starts and ends right here. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's where it's coming from. God's holiness is also found in his word. The more we pursue him through his word, the more you'll see him. How do we make this happen? Remember that verse, 1 Peter 3.15? Or look at, in fact, Spence, put that on the board for us. 1 Peter 3.15, the first part of that verse that we'll read. Uh, but sanctify the, Lord your in, sanctify the Lord God where? In your hearts. 
a little bit of discipline and a whole lot of heart, a whole lot of want to, is how we're made holy. So pursuing God will reveal the truth about yourself. So many of you are on Facebook. Uh, you may, it's fun to do the selfie thing and, and all that. And have you ever, have you ever done, been caught in a picture and uh, then it make it on Facebook and then you see yourself, like it's like looking in the mirror and you saw, you see yourself in a way you didn't, that was unflattering to you. You ever had that happen? Right, where you, you take that picture going, oh, delete, delete, no wait, it's already out there. Now the whole world's done seeing you with that driver ID photo with the face all crooked. Right? And we can't get it back. Sometimes that's what it's like when we get to see that in, when we read the Word of God and it gets, it finds its way to our heart. But the good news is that gets corrected. That can be corrected. It points out, we get this, this snapshot of our life, of our spiritual walk, gets snapshot. But guess what? It's more than just editing, it's more than just doctoring the photo. We get to be made new again. Say this word with me. Transformed. Transformed. We're not, we are regenerated in him. Not just added to, doctored up, but transformed. Don't forget, if you're a believer today, you've been transformed. Have you gotten lazy and lost your heart for your walk with the Lord? Think about the third uh, truth about pursuing God. It enables us to interpret our world. Ooh, that's loaded right now, isn't it? Our world is hard to interpret right now. Then again, it may be kind of easy to interpret. <laughs> really. It's hard to know what's right, true, and, 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 and honoring, and, and holy, and noble, and because and, so much can get, get mixed in there and twist us up. And the same thing can happen in your walk with Jesus Christ. The same thing can happen in a church or not. How do we interpret our world? You can find your way to Romans chapter 8. We'll, re, we'll read this verse in just a moment. Very familiar to our church. We get lost in our world mainly when we stray from him. Arrogance brings out the pride of life. We saw this in Exodus chapter 14 and 15 where Israel and Egypt, they, they met God at the Red Sea. Pharaoh and Moses thought they were in control, but God. But God. Knowing, listen to me, knowing that he is in control removes fear and panic. Now, let me say that more calmly. Knowing that God is in control will remove the fear and panic. Look at Romans 8, 28. I know someone in this room that this is a very special verse for that person. One of their favorite verses they have memorized is their life verse. And it reads, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Do you love God today? To those who are, are called according to his purpose. You pursuing him keeps you close to him. The more sensitive you become to knowing him. 
it's hard right now to you get you're trying to get information about our world about our country and you can't tell what's true false fake what's what's going on you, and, and and lines are drawn and we're polarized and bring up a topic and you'll find three opinions like bam right now and they're drawn in their lines are drawn it's all of that much more reason why we need to be close to him how, how are you going to know how to pray for our, by the way did you know that you're commanded as a believer, to pray for your government officials. Paul makes that very clear. We're commanded to pray. You're like, but I don't like them. Well, I, I know. <laughs> but we're, that's all the more reason to pray. In fact, our governor yesterday, I think it was, or Friday, asked uh, today to be a day of prayer for our president as he has uh, as COVID. Now, I knew when I heard that, and I thought, man, some people are not going to like that. Praying for that guy? It doesn't matter if it's a D or an R when our leader who's to be lifted in prayer, or an I for that much, or an M, or whatever letter you want to put. If our leader of our country, we're commanded to pray for them. And we're going to do that toward the end of our service. Not because he's a D or an R, but because we're, we're, we're commanded to, hey, we got to follow our governor's words. So we're going to pray for our leader of our country as well. But when we look at the scripture, we look at pursuing God, it reveals the truth about ourselves. And all of a sudden you get in there and you're like, mm. you know the biggest problem I found about myself? I didn't know this. You probably knew it about me and I didn't know it about me. I don't like being told what to do. Anybody else like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, those that will admit it. <laughs> yeah, we don't like being told what to do, do we? Think about this. How do we interpret our world? We interpret through the lens of God, through the lens of our Savior, Jesus Christ, knowing that he's working all things together. We sang that old hymn. I asked Andrew, that's what we were talking about up here. Um, right before we started, like, how old was that hymn? He's like, man, that's an old hymn. And he wasn't sure how long. We figured it's at least as old as Jewel because it was, well, it was up there, uh, decades past. But we knew that it was an old hymn, but the words to that song were strong, so strong. The words to that song were echoing what is the thoughts here of Scripture. All through the blood. Everybody through the blood is how he works. When you're under Jesus Christ, he works these things out. Don't ask me exactly how or why. He just does. And I'm good with that. Are you good with that? In fact, there are countless of, peoples in this of the people in this very room that because of hardships, not people in this room that have never had a hardship in their whole life, but because of hardships have seen the hand of God. Man, it's not fun in the middle of it, but it is rewarding. It is rewarding when we see him move. The fourth point I want you to consider this morning as we talk about pursuing God is it makes us stronger and more secure. It makes us stronger and more secure. Last portion of scripture, actually I'll go to two more, is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Makes us stronger. 
Man, there's times when we're stronger than we know we are. There's other times when we think we're strong and we're really weak. How do we know where we are at any given point? Well, you may not. But when something come, comes in your life and squeezes you, it will reveal where you are, perhaps. Just be careful not to go by the outward appearance of somebody to gauge their spiritual strength. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 reads like this, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many, not many, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Your calling. He's calling us brother and to say family. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are as a believer in Jesus Christ. Don't listen to the noise that will tell you something that you're less than who you are. You are... You're, you're, you're not in and of yourself have all the strength to go conquer the world. You are a child of a king. We're a child of, of, of supreme, of the, the supreme source of power. That's my God. Don't tell me what God can and can't do. God will and won't do. I don't get to tell him what to do, so why should you? We don't get to tell God what to do. He is the supreme source of power. That's our daddy. That's our father. That's who I'm looking to. You are called brethren here in verse 26 to say family. You're called to salvation. Now this removes intellect as he talks about not many wise. It removes powerful, meaning those of power. A lot of times money brings power. Or those of great influence, meaning the noble. Those aren't the, 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 the things or the items that he chose to reveal. Uh, that, that makes us stronger and secure. But God has chosen what? The foolish things. That's you and me, believer. We're starting to wanna tonight. Again, we're, we're get, we gotta get this thing off the ground. But, but the question becomes why? Why? Is it, is it, why are we, why, why is this, why is the big rush? You may be battling in your mind trying to weigh it up. Why are we doing it? There is a passion from Commander Brad to get the word of God in young lives, to get them started, regenerated. Like we're going to represent and God's going to take it from there, but to get their lives pointed in that righteous direction. That's why. It's, it's vitally important that we teach boys and girls to have that childlike faith to come to him, to get pointed in that right direction. And God has chosen us. Cross Point Baptist Church. All of our, because of our imperfections, I think he's chosen us. We're the foolish things of the world. You may think, well, pastor, you're calling us, are you calling us dumb? You're calling us foolish? No. I want, we, all we have to do is be obedient. That's all we have to do is follow him and share message through word and through action. He makes us wise. He moves that power through us. He is the one who is influential. We become influential through him. All the things that he knocked down in verse 26 is what we become.
in verse 27. As believers. In fact, go to 2 Corinthians. Go one book forward. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now this will be the last verse we look at this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Makes us stronger and more secure. That's the fourth point. Don't forget it because I'm going to read a verse and you're going to scratch your head going, how is this playing out here? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 reads, Therefore, I take pleasure in the infirmities. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I take pleasure in the infirmities. That, that, I don't know about you. I don't like pain. I'm kind of soft in that way. But here he's saying, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, you better let that verse sink in a little bit. That's a heavy hitter. Pursuing him gives us strength where none would normally exist. So let me tell you a little story here. I get a text this morning. Like I usually do almost every morning from Charles Jones, giving me a word of encouragement. And he, it was a little longer than usual. Usually he's a one or two liner. And he says, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, my defibrillator went off a couple times overnight, but God's good. Is kind of how he ended it. So I replied back, whoa, <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. Take care of yourself. You call with what you got going on. What do I find out 30 minutes later that he sent that from Christ's hospital? Of course he decided not to tell his pastor. I'm the last to know everything around here. But in that moment, does that not fit? There's a living example of somebody who fits in verse 10 here. That in, in hardship, after, after physical ailment, after ailment, after ailment, when I am weak, then I am strong. Chuck Eckert called me last night. We spent some time on the phone. I appreciate him calling me, actually. Uh, and... He was sharing like where he was at, how he was feeling, what was going on with his body from his procedure last week. And he was encouraging. Uh, uh, you could just watching his personality come through in his faith and trust in the Lord as well. So uh, example after example we can have right here in this church. Um, now, we don't take pleasure in infirmity, in reproaches, when we get accused, when we have needs. We, we don't take pleasure in that. Or in persecutions, and yet he tells us to take pleasure in them. Why? 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 God's up to something. That's what that, that's what that means. God is up to something in your life. When he moves one little thing in your life or allows something to be moved in your life, and you crumble, you're not letting him do something in your life. If he touches our money, if he touches our security, if he touches our health, we panic. God is up to something. For when I am weak, that's when I'm strong, if you're a believer today. So Paul is saying that he took pleasure or, or thought good in weakness is the way that's translated. Let's conclude there this morning. The goal this morning is to be pursuing him. I'm, I'm excited to uh, be able to be back in the building. I am. It's, it's, um, it, it's good. There's strength. I mean, 
when we, we had to do it online, yes, that was an attempt. It was there, but it wasn't quite the same. We did our parking lot, and we, we got to see each other. We got a little bit closer, but it still was something missing. It wasn't quite, but when we're together like this, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it is. I, I can't quite figure out what it is, because there's strength in the gathering. The scripture tells us that, but we were gathering out there. We're gathering virtually. What's the difference? Being in a room with God's people. Being in a room with God's people is strength. All these little fires throughout the week, these little fires, meaning uh, fires of relationship with the Lord, and we come together like this, feel the warmth, feel the blaze. And of course, we can only point back to Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm going to conclude in a word of prayer this morning. We, uh, you notice we're not passing the offering plate um, or baskets. We have baskets. We're not doing that. Our tithe box and giving box is in the back. Uh, Brad's not coming up and giving announcements. Uh, we just needed to get our first service in the building, um, off the ground and under our belt. And, and here we are. But I do want to be good with this. If you have a concern, you have a spiritual need, you have questions about what we're doing and how we're doing it, you can be feel free to contact me. Uh, know that what we're doing is coming from a well thought through and also from a heart that just wants to be well pleasing to the Lord. So let's be this, uh, dismissed in a word of prayer. We're going to pray for our president. And then as we dismiss, I'd ask you kind of start at the back and work your way, the back exit first and work your way to, to toward the front. Let's bow. Dear Lord, thank you for loving us today. We are grateful to know that you are near and not far. You are near and not far. We may feel, maybe we've moved, but James tells us, the book of James, draw nigh, draw near to you and you'll be near to us. And yet you haven't moved. You're immutable. You haven't moved. So, Lord, bless the people across Point Baptist Church today. Bless the guests and visitors with your presence. You do the work that you feel like you need to do. May we be willing recipients as believers of what you bring in our life, but always watching, always waiting, praying, maybe even fasting to know you, to pursue you, to have the eternal God rest in our souls, to care for our souls, to have you, Holy Spirit, to do a work of sanctifying, the work of nurturing, the work of de-weeding and feeding our souls into the image of Jesus Christ is no small task. Lord, may we be willing percipients as we pursue you. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Church, you are dismissed.